The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. All right, everybody. Good morning again. I am Pastor Chris. Welcome to Coastal. How many of you uh, have seen this movie, the new movie, Aladdin? Raise your hand. How many of you seen Aladdin, the original one, the, uh, you know, the animated version? Pretty, pretty much everybody, right? Yeah, that's what I thought, just like last week. Um, well, we are in week four of this series called uh, At the Movies, where we use current or popular movies as a hook uh, to dig into God's Word. Um, I went to go see this particular movie, this live version, new live version, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when it came out, and I loved it. It's a great movie for the family, great movie for kids. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Now, today, I want to use this movie uh, to talk about uh, one of the most confusing aspects of our faith. Why does God seem to answer some prayers and not others? You know, what about all those times that you, uh, you pray for a job, you pray for a promotion, and you don't get it? What about those uh, people who you know, pray for their spouse not to leave and they still walk out the door? What about those people who pray, God, send me somebody to marry, and nobody ever shows up? Now, obviously, God doesn't force his will on other people. He doesn't force his will on you. God doesn't make you do the right thing, and so he's not going to make other people do the right thing either. But what about those prayer requests that don't involve other people? You know, why do some people seem to get miracles and other, other people don't? Why sometimes do we pray, you know, for sick people and they die? Why do people pray for children and some people get them and other people don't? Why sometimes do people pray for relief from pain and some people live with it for the rest of their lives? I really think that part of the problem is actually how we view prayer. And uh, this really is where the connection uh, to this particular movie this week uh, comes in. You see, I think that some people view prayer and treat prayer kind of like it's uh, Aladdin's lamp, you know, where God is this great big blue genie, and, uh, you know, you rub the prayer lamp, and then God comes out and is like, you know, your wish is my command. Now, the Bible actually does say, uh, that God wants to answer your prayers. Uh, Jeremiah 33, uh, 3 in the Old Testament, call to me and I will answer you. In the New Testament, we're told, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. But honestly, sometimes it just seems like God isn't listening and that heaven's silent. So what is the problem? I mean, you know, so is it false advertising? Is God just teasing us where, you know, okay, hey, ask me for anything, but I really don't intend to do it? No. You know, the reality is God does answer our prayer, but not always in the way that we want him to. You know, nowhere in the Bible does it say, I will answer your prayers the way that you want me to answer them. He's never made that promise. In fact, the Bible says that God basically, in general, answers our prayers one of three ways. Sometimes God does say yes, and we love that, don't we? I mean, we like it when he says yes to our prayers, but sometimes he says not yet. You know, he says, well, I'll give this to you. This is a part of my plan for you, but you're going to have to wait. And we never know how long that wait's going to be. A delay is not a denial. Do you get that? A delay is not a denial. And no and not yet are not the same thing. You know, it might be months or even years. But sometimes God says no. And that's probably the most difficult answer to handle. 
And yet the Bible is just full of examples of God saying no to people. You know, Moses prayed, God, I want to go to the promised land. And God said no. Abraham prayed that his son Ishmael would receive the blessing of the nations, and God said no. That's going to be for Isaac. David has an affair with Bathsheba, and they have a little uh, baby boy, and that boy gets sick. The boy is dying. David falls on his face and, and worships and fasts and prays, and he says, God, I'll do anything if you'll just save this child's life. And the child dies. You know, if God said no to Moses, Abraham, and David, I figure that he's going to say no to you and me as well. And that no sometimes is a part of his plan. So the question today for all of us is a very personal one. Will you still trust God? Will you still trust him and serve him when he says no? You see, the thing that confuses us is that, well, if God's a loving God and we know that he is, and if God is all-powerful and we know that he is, then why does he sometimes seem to deny my very good prayer request? You know, you're not asking God to make you a gazillionaire so you can go and, you know, spend everything in Vegas, although maybe some of you are. Um, You know, maybe you are praying for shoes or lipstick or I I don't know. But, you know, maybe, just maybe, you're praying for a good, legitimate thing, and yet God says no. Why? Well, today I want us to talk about that. You know, I want us to talk about some reasons why sometimes God says no, and then we're going to talk about what to do about it. So if you're taking notes with us this morning, the first reason why God sometimes says no is that he has a bigger perspective. You know, God sees the whole picture. We don't. God has this huge, wide view. He can see the future, and we cannot. Hebrews 4.13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So, you know, when it comes to prayer, one of our big problems is that we can't do that. We can't see the consequences down the road of what we're praying for. You know, if you and I could see life the way God sees it, it would solve a lot of our problems, right? I mean, life would be simple. There'd be no unexpected troubles. We would know everything that's coming and be able to prepare in advance for any and every difficulty. And we'd always know, you know, the will of God and what to pray. But the truth is, we're human, You know, God's God and we're not. And because we're not God, our perspective is limited. And because we're limited, sometimes we actually need God to say no. Now, those of you who are parents this morning, you ever say no to your children? I know some of you don't. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, let's pretend for a second that you're like, uh, you know, 12, 13-year-old comes to you and says, Mom, Dad, I know how to drive. I've been doing it online. You know, uh, I've been watching other people do it. I've been riding in cars. You know, let me drive the car to the store. What do you say as a good parent? No, right? Of course not, because you know it would hurt them, because you, as a parent, have a bigger perspective than they do. Now, If you have a bigger perspective than your children, just think about how greater and bigger God's perspective is than yours. You know, so sometimes he says no. He can see the danger ahead. He sees the the long-term ripple effects. You know, when I pray for something, I can't see all the implications. I can't see the the consequences of what I'm, I'm praying for. Every single prayer that you pray if it's answered, 
you know, it sets off a chain of events. And God can see that. You can't. So, we just got to trust him. You know, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul uh, wanted to go to Rome. Okay, that was his heart's desire. It was, you know, the most influential city of the day. Think of it today as like, you know, this would be New York, this would be Los Angeles, you know, this would be Monk's Corner. No, anyway. Um, you know, it's just, you know, think in those terms. But So his deepest desire, you know, as an evangelist, you know, was to go there and, uh, you know, tell people about Jesus. And I'm sure he had in his mind, you know, exactly how it was going to work out, how it would go down. I mean, he would go into Rome and, you know, maybe he'd rent the Colosseum and he'd have this huge crusade and like tens of thousands and thousands of people would come and he would tell them all about Jesus. Now, guess what? It didn't happen that way. Now, Paul did get to go to Rome, but it absolutely did not happen the way that he planned. He went in chains. He went as a prisoner. He rotted in a prison cell. But while he was there, he didn't have a lot to do. So guess what he did? Well, he wrote some letters. A little something we happen to call the New Testament. You see, Paul, he had this plan and this prayer to go and tell thousands of people about God, to share the gospel. But God had a plan, you ready for this? For him to tell billions about God because he had a bigger perspective. So, not only does God have a bigger perspective than you and I, but number two, a second reason sometimes God says no is because many times he has a better plan. He has a better plan. He says, okay, you know, I actually do want to answer your prayer request, but I'm going to do it in a different way, in a way that you maybe never have imagined because I actually have a better, a better idea. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 55, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Have you figured out that God's plan for your life many times is different than your plan? You know, I, I bet there's not a single person in this room, not a single person, person watching this today, whose life has turned out exactly the way that you imagined it. Because God's got a better plan. In fact, back in that verse in Isaiah, circle the word ways there. And my ways are far better than anything you could imagine. Notice that it's plural. Ways. You see, God has way more than one way of doing things. God's options are unlimited. He is never forced to answer our prayer requests simply one way. It, it's never just yes or no with God. It's which way of a thousand options is he going to use for this prayer? Because he has a better plan. For instance, let's say today that you are in some sort of financial difficulty. Maybe you're in debt and you're, and you're praying, God, I, I'm, I'm asking you to help me get out of debt. Now, God can answer that prayer in, a, in numerous different ways. I mean, sure, he could just give you an automatic miracle of a bunch of money that's going to show up in your mailbox tomorrow, which, by the way, I doubt is going to happen, okay? You're probably not going to win the lottery. Stop praying for that, okay? Now, he could help to raise your income. He could uh, help you get a better, you know, better paying job. He could also you know, help to lower your expenses. You know, he could make what you have last much longer. 
He could teach you to be a better, better money manager. You see, there's like 15, 20, 30 different ways that God could help get you out of debt. And he'll probably use a combination of all of them. And most importantly, he'll use you. You see, some of these ways are miraculous and some of them are just common sense. But who gave you that common sense? God did. You see, the problem is when we pray, we don't just you know, ask God for something. Typically, here's what we do. You know, we tell him what we want, when we want it, where we want it, and how we want it. And I think so many times God is saying, hey, hold on there, cowboy. You know, wait a minute. I have a better idea. And we just arrogantly assume that we know what's best. You see, when we pray, we, we typically want God to answer in the quickest easiest way. I have never heard anybody say, God, I really want you to answer this prayer, but do it in the hardest, longest way possible. Like, we don't do that, do we? And yet, we need to hear this loud and clear today. Our loving Heavenly Father is not interested in speed, convenience, or comfort. He's interested in your character. See, that's the goal all along. It's to grow us up. It's to help us become more and more like Jesus. And that, that takes time. That takes difficulty. And so when God says no, many times it's because he simply has a better plan, a better idea. Hebrews 11, 39 and 40, listen to this. All these people, and by the way, so Hebrews here, this passage in Hebrews, it's about all the heroes of the faith. You know, people who have gone on before, and now they're cheering us on. You know, they're in heaven, and they're, uh, they, they've gone on before us. You know, so he says, all these people, they've earned a, a good reputation because of their faith. Now listen to this. Yet none of them received all that God promised, in other words, on this side of eternity, for God had what? Something better in mind. God had something better in mind. You see, sometimes I think we make our plans and then we ask God to bless them. See, God doesn't want to bless your plans. God wants you to do his plan. And then he'll bless it. You see, part of our, the role of prayer is actually for us to, you know, to align ourselves with God's plan, God's will. So, I think many times we just need to stop praying, God, bless what I'm doing, and we need to start praying, God, help me to do what you're blessing. Help me to line my life up with your will and your sovereign plan. That's the secret of success. So, there's a third reason, another reason why sometimes I think God says no, and number three, that's because many times he has a greater purpose. He has a greater purpose. You know, Proverbs 16.4 says, The Lord has made everything for his own purposes. God has a purpose behind everything that happens. Even unanswered prayer. You see, God's not obligated to explain all of his purposes to us. He doesn't owe you an explanation. He doesn't owe me an explanation. He doesn't, he doesn't need our approval. You know, he doesn't have to check in with us and say, Hey, is it okay if I do things a little bit differently? But everything God allows to happen in this world, even the pain, 
He lets happen because sometimes because of our own choices. Sometimes he has a purpose behind it. And he can even, listen to this, he can even use it for our good. Even the problems, even, even unanswered prayer. God has a purpose in your problems. He's got many of them. In fact, look at this next verse. One of them is in this next verse, 1 Peter 1.7. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. See, many times God wants to test your faith. So what he does is sometimes he delays an answer and he simply says, will you trust me? You know, just like in in the movie, God says that all the time. Will you trust me? Sometimes he says no and says, will you trust me? You know, when when your child says why and you say, because I say so, At that point, what are you really saying to that child? You need to trust me, right? I'm wiser. I'm more experienced. I know more than you do. I love you. I know what's best for you, so you need to trust me. Now, we, as imperfect human parents, we do that. Certainly, we should be able to trust a perfect Heavenly Father who says that. You know, I got no doubt this morning that in a room this size that there are a lot of people here today that are probably pretty discouraged. You know, you might be discouraged about a prayer that you've prayed over and over and over again, and it just hasn't happened. God, I want to get married. It hasn't happened. God, I want to have a baby. It hasn't happened. God, I really want to get this good job or this this new promotion, and it hasn't happened. And you're, and you're discouraged. God, I want to I get rid of this physical pain. I want my marriage to be better. I mean, seriously, you could just fill in the blank and it hasn't happened. And maybe, just maybe, God is saying, will you trust me? You know, will you trust my timing? Can you trust my love, my purpose, my plan, my perspective? Will you trust me? 2 Corinthians 4, listen to this. Therefore, we do not lose heart, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. In other words, that's the problem. Okay, sometimes that's the prayer request. That's the problem. Then he says, but what is unseen is eternal. That's God's plan. That's the purposes of God. And so sometimes God allows us to go through pain for our benefit or for the benefit of other people. You know, God often allows you to go through pain so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. You think about that. I mean, God did that with his, with his one and only son, God let his own son Jesus be be nailed to a cross and let his blood drip down. Let him die a cruel, torturous death. He took a beating the likes of which you and I can hardly fathom. You know, why? Why in the world would God let his own son do that when his own son cried out, my God, my God, 
Why have you forsaken me? Now, have you ever felt that way? Listen, God let his own son go through excruciating pain because he had a greater purpose all along. You. You. Me. He wanted us in heaven. Listen, if if you want to be happy in life, let me give you a little little secret here, a little life principle. If you want to have less stress and more peace, there's a couple of truths, a couple of life principles that you're going to have to get, that you're going to have to come to grips with. One of those is there are some things that you and I are just never going to understand. And we've got to learn to accept that. I mean, there are some things on this side of eternity I am never going to understand and, uh, until I get to heaven. You know, and, and yet God doesn't owe me an explanation. And, and the other principle is, that, and it'll give you peace when you realize that some things are never going to change no matter how much you pray about them. Because maybe, just maybe, it's not a part of God's plan and maybe instead He's wanting to change you. Or maybe he's trying to protect you from something. Or he has a better plan. And by the way, let me say this. The story's not over. Right? I mean, you know, the end has not been written. You know, and and, and he'll give you, he will always give you the power to handle it. So what should you do? What should we do? I mean, do we just stop praying? Do we give up praying? Of course not. Because you and I don't know, you know, if it's a delay or if it's a no. So you just keep praying. You see, the purpose of prayer all along is not about us. It's not our requests. Ultimately, it's about aligning our lives with the will of God. It's about a relationship with God. He just wants to hear from us. So you live every day saying, God, you know, I'm going to keep praying this, and I want to talk to you about this, but if you choose not to do this, I am still I'm still going to trust you, and I'm still going to love you. Have you noticed that children have a hard time accepting the word no, right? I mean, you tell a toddler no, what do they do? I mean, they throw a fit. They throw a temper tantrum. You ever do that with God? No, that's right. (laughs) Thank you, God. Thank you. You ever, uh, you ever do that, right? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, you ask God for something, and God says, no, I know it's best. And you throw a t- temper tantrum. You know, one of the marks of maturity, one of the marks of someone who's growing in their faith is that you begin to realize that no's a legitimate answer. God many times says no, and our ability to accept that from God is, is quite a judge of our spiritual maturity. So what do we do? What do you do when God says no to our prayers? Well, I think you do at least two things. Number one, you trust that everything God does is motivated by love. Ultimately, it's motivated by love. The Bible says in Psalm 25.10, all the ways of the Lord are loving. Circle the word there, all. God always acts in love toward, toward us as his children. He always does that, even in the painful things. I mean, just like a surgeon who's got to create pain in order to heal us, God always acts in love. That's why it says in Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that in all things, 
God works for the good of those who love him. It doesn't say there that all things are good, but that God works for the good of those who love him. Not everyone, but those who love him, those who are you know, faithful, those who are called, who've been called according to his purpose. And everything God works for our good. Now what happens is when God says no, Satan comes along with those doubts. And man, he'll start shouting in your ear, whispering in your ear, see, I told you, God doesn't love you. You know, it doesn't serve to pay God. You should be your own God. Forget God, forget church, forget your faith, forget it all, and just live for yourself. But Satan is a liar. He's the father of lies because the truth is God loves you too much to give you everything you ask for. I mean, no loving parent in their right mind would give their child everything that child asked for. It ruined them. That's part of the problem today, isn't it? So we got to trust that everything God does, even when he says no, it's motivated by love. The second thing we need to do when God says no is to expect him to give me the grace to handle the answer. To give me the grace to handle the answer. What's grace? I think part of grace is the power to handle pain. Grace is the power to do the right thing even when I, when I don't feel like it. I mean, let's go back to you know, the Apostle Paul for a moment. Again, if there was somebody you know, that you would think deserved to have all of his prayers answered, it'd be this guy. I mean, he's a great evangelist, started many churches, wrote most of the New Testament. And yet, many times God said no to Paul. In fact, evidently, uh, Paul had some sort of handicap, uh, some sort of uh, nagging problem. In, in the Bible, he calls it, he refers to it as his thorn in the flesh. And he prayed about it a lot. In fact, here's what he said. Listen to this. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said, my what? My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You see, when God says no, we got to trust that he's got a bigger perspective, a better plan, and a greater purpose. So here's the question. What have you prayed for? What have you prayed about and it just hasn't happened? Will you trust God? Will you trust Him and, and live for Him in spite of it? Knowing, knowing that He might be protecting you from an unforeseen evil or problem that would devastate your life if He answered yes? Will you trust Him that the story isn't finished yet? You know, that the final chapter hasn't been written and you can't see the end of your life. Will you trust Him that, that He is working in your life and that He knows what's best for you? Psalm 910 says this, Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. What does that mean? Part of what it means is that maybe the reason you don't trust God to do what's good in your life is you really don't know Him yet. Now you know about Him. You know what that's called? That's religion. 
religion is worthless. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm saying, do you know him? Do you personally know him? You see, the more you know God, the more you trust him. The more you know God, the more you're going to trust that he has a better plan, a bigger perspective, and a greater purpose. So today, maybe you need to get to know him. Maybe you've heard all about him and you know about him, but today you need to begin a relationship with him. How does that happen? It happens through faith. It happens through Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Listen, today, you're not here by accident. You see, it's not about God having to answer your prayers. He actually wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you, he wants us to align our lives with his plan and his will. And it's the best plan. It's the greatest plan in this life and in the next. And if you're ready to come home to him, if you're ready to begin the process of getting to know him, you can do it today. Again, it happens through faith. It, it begins with you just admitting that your plan is a mess, that your ways don't work. The Bible calls that sin. You know, that the, the standard is not me, it's not you, it's not your neighbor, it's not Billy Graham, Mother Teresa, or the Pope. It's God. And if God's the standard, then guess what? We all fall short. We all sin. And so it just begins with you admitting that. And then just asking for forgiveness. And that happens by putting your faith in Jesus. See, God knew he loved us so much that he knew that we couldn't reach him through our goodness or our good works or earning our way back into heaven. So he sent one who would pay the price, the penalty for our sin. And it was his one and only son. That goes back to what I said. Jesus endured all of that pain, all of that suffering for you and for me. He went to the cross. He proved his power over sin and death by coming back from the dead. It was witnessed by hundreds of people. It was recorded in human history. And God is waiting on you to put your trust and your faith in his son Jesus. And if you'll do that, you can get to know God and his plan for your life. You can receive forgiveness and purpose and meaning in this life and in the life to come. He's waiting on you to come home. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I do thank you for your word. And I thank you, God, for this beautiful, miraculous thing called prayer. This ability that we have as your children to cry out to you, call out to you to talk about life and, you know, everything that we go through. God, I just thank you that you're that real and that personable and that you want to hear from your children. But sometimes, God, the answer is no. Help us to trust you when it is. Help us to know that you have a, a better plan, a bigger perspective, a greater purpose. Help us to know that your, your plans are already, always motivated by love. And listen, if you're here today and you are ready to enter into a personal relationship with your loving Heavenly Father, it begins with faith.
You see, you're not here by accident. God has been drawing you to himself. You're not watching this today by accident. Pour your heart out to him right here and right now. Pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I want to come home. I admit it. Uh, I'm a mess. My life has been a mess. I have lived my plan according to my way. Today, God, I ask you to forgive me. I believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he came to this earth and he endured pain. He endured a beating. He endured the crucifixion. He went to that cross for me. But he proved who he was by rising from the dead, coming back to life. And today, Father, as much as I understand, as much as I know how, I put all of my faith and all of my trust in him and what he did for me. I ask him to come into my life to forgive me of my sin and for the rest of my days, God, I simply want to follow Jesus. I want to become more and more like you see me now. Your son, your daughter, forever a part of your family. Father, we love you. I pray these things today in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.